Well, I'm very happy to be here today. I'm thankful for all the great things that God has done. God sent his son into the world to seek and save that which was lost. Christ told us that he didn't come for those that were well, but to seek out those that were sick, those that had been taken over by sin. He talked to us about bringing life into the world, that the world might actually have hope. Now, one of the aspects that we find in our world today is that Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 tells us, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, a lot of people think that this references some magnificent plan of God, but actually it is saying to us in plain, simple English that when people cannot see any hope in their future, they give up. The world around us today is lacking one major aspect in life, and that is hope. Hope is something that people are seeking today, but they're not finding. And it's not something that is pleasant for them. They grope in darkness, and they want help. They want change. They want to find that thing in their life that's going to bring them fulfillment and they don't find it, no matter what they're trying. Now, a number of years ago, I don't know if you've ever been to Bourbon Street on New Orleans. Um, even in the daytime, it's not a wonderful place to be. But a number of years ago, Southern Baptists sent a large group of people down to Bourbon Street to witness, to testify, to whatever term you want to put on it, reach out to the ladies of the evening down there, which are actually ladies of the, doesn't matter what time of the day it is, on Bourbon Street. And as they were reaching out to these folks, one of the ladies responded and Right there on Bourbon Street, she knelt down and prayed and asked Jesus to forgive her of her sins, to cleanse her from all unrighteousness, and to come and live in her heart. And several months later, she walked away from Bourbon Street, but several months later, she asked if she could tell people what happened to her. And as she began speaking to people that were in the same situation that she was in, she said, I want to tell you there is hope in the world. Because she said, that day when those people spoke to me and talked to me and reached out to me, she said, that morning on Bourbon Street, I knelt down a tramp and I stood up a lady. And God changed my life. She said, I have become that new creation in Christ. The old things are passed away. Everything is now new. And above all else, I have hope in my life. Now, you cannot tell the people that you run into 
what is going on inside of them. You look on the outside, you see them, you think everything must be okay because they're smiling. People only show you that portion of their life that they want you to see, that hidden part that is in them, that part that they live with it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You don't see it. Now, I don't know if you remember buying those uh, comic books that we used to get. They always had little advertisements in there. And one day there was me and three other boys, and we were looking and trading comic books, and we all saw that same ad that said that for a dollar plus 25 cents shipping and handling, you can buy these x-ray glasses. And they'll allow you to be just like Superman. You can see through walls and everything else. And the old phrase, there's a sucker born every minute, is very true because we pool our money that we had worked for and we sent that $1.25 to those people and that package came in the mail and we all got together and opened it up and we were so excited and so one by one we put the glasses on, took them off, handed them to the next person and when the last person put them on and took them off he said, they don't work. <laughs> and they didn't work. They never will work. Now, Samuel, when Saul had been rejected and God told Samuel, I'm going to appoint a new king, Samuel took the sons of Jesse and he took the oldest one who was strong, muscular, good to look at, I mean, he had everything that you would look for in a king if you're looking on the outside. And God came to Samuel, and Samuel said, well, here he is. And God says, no, here he isn't. I'm picking David. And they looked at David, and he was scrawny and ruddy looking, and Samuel says, what? God says, the problem is, Samuel, I've rejected your choice because all you do is you see the outside. You look at the outside of the person. I look on the heart. Now, in order for you and I to be effective in the world today, we have got to attach ourselves to God so that as God looks on the heart, of those people that you come in contact with, he can stir you and tell you when to speak to them, what to speak to them, and how to speak to them. So if we come in tune with God today, we can reach out to a world that is suffering from no hope. And trust me, they have no hope in the world today. Last year, for the first time in the history of our country, the suicide rate in the United States reached over 50,000 people. Every four and a half minutes, somebody in the United States dies from a drug overdose. They have no hope. They have no hope. God sent us into the world and enabled us through his son to bring 
that light and that hope into their life that only can be found in Christ. Now in Mark chapter 5, starting with verse 22, says, and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him. Many people followed him and thronged him. They just mobbed him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the mob behind him, and she touched his garment. Because she said, if I can touch but his clothing, I will be whole. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she fell, felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in that mob and looked around and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples, not being in tune with him, said, look at all these people around you, and you want to know who touched you? I mean, there's hundreds of people around here, and they're mobbing you, and you want to know who touched you? But Jesus looked around to see her that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth, the whole story. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed from this plague. People need hope. Now, we know that the ruler of the synagogue, as people looked at him, they saw a man in power. They saw a man that was at the pinnacle of his height, of his work. And as they looked at him, they did not know that he was just mourning inside because his daughter was dying, because he kept that hidden. But he had heard about Jesus. And as he went and sought out Jesus, he realized that no matter what he had done, no matter how many doctors he took her to, that she was going to die unless he could come to Jesus and get him to go back home with him and touch his daughter. And he fell down on the ground before him and implored him, please come and touch my daughter so that she can live. And Jesus started traveling with him. Now, it was no mistake the streets they went down. It was no mistake that 
this woman with the issue of blood was near where he was at because Jesus doesn't make mistakes. Jesus seeks out people. Jesus knew she was coming. When you got saved, Jesus sought you out. No man cometh unto the Father except he first be drawn. God comes to us. God draws us to himself. Being lost, God comes to us. And we know that Jesus that day was going to this woman's pathway. Now, a couple things we want to look at. One of them is that for 12 years, this woman had been suffering, and she had reached the bottom. She was done. Now, a lot of people look at this and they say, well, yes, yeah, she ran out of money, but there's more than just money. Well, let me tell you what this lady was suffering. For the first part, all of the laws that the Jewish people had implanted on everyone at that time said that anyone with this kind of an illness is declared unclean. They are not allowed in church. Now, can you imagine somebody standing at the back door of the church saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't come in because we don't want you around because you're unclean. But that's exactly what they did to her. For 12 years, she was barred from church. The place she needed to be, wanted to be, to find hope, they said, no, you cannot come in here. Her family, her friends, if they came near her, they too, for a period of time, were barred from going to church because they were unclean just because they came near her. So this woman had no friends left. Her family forsook her. She spent all of her money. She was at the point in life where there was absolutely no hope left in her. None. And so many people that you come in contact with today are at that exact same spot today. They have no hope. Now, you can't see that, but God does, because God looks on their heart. God sees exactly what is going on inside of them, and God wants to reach out to them. And how does he want to reach out to them? He wants to reach out to them through you. So how does that happen? Well, first of all, you've got to be in tune with God. You've got to be listening to what God is telling you so that when God brings this person to you, you are ready, as the Bible says, to give an answer to them, to respond to them, to tell them what happened to you. We lived in Bossier City, Louisiana, and it don't snow like this down there. Uh, yeah, hallelujah for that. Um, one of the uh, members of our church down there that was very, very shy, matter of fact, she wouldn't hardly speak to people she knew, let alone strangers, and we went through this faith program where she saw how easy it was to share the hope that God had brought into her life. And 
a number of people came to know Jesus because of her. One of our deacons, I remember visiting with him, and he was so surprised that his sister showed up for church one day and is speaking to her. He asked her what was going on, and she said, well, uh, I've been talking to Dave, me, and she said, you know, I'm going to tell you something. She said, I'm older than you are, but she said, you know, I never did learn how to read. Never did. You kept giving me tracts to read. You kept giving me Bibles to read. And what good did that do? Because I couldn't read them. And she said, he came and met me unexpectedly. And in just a couple of minutes, he said, would you like to learn how to read? And she said, I was amazed because nobody else knew that except for my husband. They ran a store. She worked in the store. She did all kinds of things. It's just she couldn't read. And she got to the point where she eventually got saved, and she said, you know, for the first time, she said, I actually was able to pick up a Bible and read it for myself. And no, this is what God is telling me. Now, how do we know who to talk to? God shows us. How do we know what to say to them? God tells us. If we're listening to him, if we're listening to him, sometimes you're going to encounter people that you have no clue what is going on with them, and you may never know how you impacted that person's life by talking to them, by listening to them. When I taught school, one of the things I always did was I opened up my room before school, and any of the students that wanted to come in there before school were welcome to come in. They could visit with each other. They could do homework. Um, if they needed to, they could talk to me. And when I retired at my retirement dinner, this girl, former student from a number of years prior, came in with her mother and her grandmother. And she said, Mr. Elmore, she said, Mom and Grandma know what I'm going to tell you. She said, I, I feel that I've got to share this with you. She said, one morning I came into your room like I did every morning, and I walked over to your desk and I said, can I talk to you? And she said, you looked at me and said, give me 30 seconds here. And she said, you finished what you were doing. You shut your computer monitor off. You turned around in your chair. And she said, you sat there and you looked at me and you listened to every word I said. And when I was done talking to you, I asked you a question. Do you think I'm worth anything? And she said, you looked at me and began telling me how valuable I was to so many people and to God. And she 
She said, when you were done talking to me, I said, thank you, I needed to hear that, and I left. And I told her, I said, well, man, I'm so glad I was able to help you. She said, no, that's not the story. She said, the story is that morning on the way to school, I decided that after school was over, I was going to kill myself because I had no hope. I didn't think I was worth anything to anybody. But she said, after talking to you, I realized that there was hope. And I told her, I said, that just sends chills down my spine. And she said, I'm going to tell you something else. She said, I can name you at least 10 other students that were in the same position that I was that had decided to take their life. And I told them, go talk to Mr. Elmore. And she said, they all came before school and they all talked to you and they're still alive today. Now, I had no idea. To this day, I don't know who those other 10 students were. Don't need to know. All I do need to know is that when God tells me to speak to someone, I need to be in tune with him so that I'm listening to him. I hear him telling me, talk to them. I hear him telling me, listen to them. I hear him telling me exactly what I need to say to them because he sees the heart. I don't. I don't. I see the person on the outside just like you do. Now, this woman, for 12 years she had been suffering. She had nothing. And she told herself, I... I've heard about this man called Jesus. And I've heard that he can heal people. I've heard that he loves people, that he reaches out to people, that he's concerned with people. And if I can just get close enough to touch his clothing, to reach out and just touch the hem of his garment, the edge of his robe, if I can just touch his clothing, I don't even have to touch him. I will be made whole. I believe that. And for the first time in 12 years, she actually had some hope. So that morning, Jesus intentionally walked where she was at. And the throng of people around him, and she works her way through that crowd. And as Jesus passes by, she reaches out and touches his robe, and immediately she was healed, and she knew it. You know it when Jesus touches you. You know when you are saved. There's no guesswork about it. There's no, gee, I wonder if I'm going to go to heaven now. You know you are. You know when Jesus touches your life. That woman knew that she had touched Jesus and that Jesus had healed her, and immediately he stops. And he turns around, and the disciples are wondering, man, we're on a mission here, you know. We're supposed to be going to the ruler's house here. Uh, why did you stop? Sometimes Christians have to stop and start looking to God and asking him, okay, why did you stop? I was already going over here. 
You know, the old signpost says, there the people go, and I must hasten after them, for I am their leader. And as we think about Jesus, he stopped, he turned around, the disciples are just dumbfounded, and he asked them, he reaches out to the whole crowd, and he said, who touched me? Who touched my clothing? Because Jesus knew what had happened. And the disciples, they dumbfoundedly reach out to him and say, you got 300 people around here bustling up against each other, and you're asking, who touched you? Really? Seriously? And Jesus looked right through the crowd, and he saw her. And he's looking right at her. And she knows it. Just like you know when God is looking at you. We may try to hide from it, but there's no hiding from it. Jesus is looking directly at her. And the conviction of God fell down upon her. And she came and she threw herself down on the ground. And she began to tell him the entire story. Now, when we come to God and ask God for forgiveness, we tell God our story like he doesn't already know it, but he does. But you know, Jesus listened to her because she needed to tell her story because everybody else standing around there needed to hear her story needed to hear what was happening to her and how she was now made whole. And as she related this story to Jesus and got this burden off of her, there was no more hiding, there was no more secretive aspects of it. Jesus reached out to her, healed her, and then he says to her, Daughter, My child, my child, no more hey you, no more I don't know who you are, no more rejection, no more anything, but you are my child. Now when you came to Jesus, you became his child. He became your father. You became his child. That's a great place to be. That is a wonderful place to be, knowing that we belong to Jesus. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Now, by this he's telling her that because you believed enough to come to me and ask me to heal you, That's how you became whole. Now, you got saved. Your sins were forgiven when you believed in Christ and you told God, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for those sins. I want you to forgive me of those sins and I want you to come and live in my life. Now, 
The Bible says that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We become that new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's how you were saved. That's what happened in your life when you came to Christ. So now, he tells her, go in peace. I want you to think about the lack of peace in the world today, in the people we come in contact with. There's an immense amount of misery in our world. In our country, I run across people all the time that are just so full of misery. They're so full of hatred, malice. They don't like their life. They don't like who they are. And worst of all, they're meandering around in the darkness looking for hope. And how are they going to find that hope without you? How are they going to find that hope unless you, as a child of God, delivers that hope to them, tells them that at one time I was in the same position you were in. I had no hope. I was lost. I was wandering around in the darkness. I didn't know where to turn. And then somebody told me about Jesus. And I accepted him. And now I have that hope in my life. I have that light in my life. Does that mean my life's perfect? No. Does that mean that there's no troubles in my life? No. Does that mean all my problems are gone? No. But it does mean that now I have hope to know that God is going to take care of all of those things. God is going to care for them. Now, people come to Jesus because he draws them and because he relies on you to be in front of them, to listen to them, and to tell them about the hope that God has brought into your life. Now, sadly to say, Jesus said you've got to pray for workers of the harvest because the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Sadly to say, the average Christian person in the United States today never, ever shares their story and leads anybody to Jesus Christ. God is asking you today to be ready to be the one to bring hope into a person's life. How do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to make sure that you are in tune with God, that you're in prayer with God, that you're asking God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to reach out to today? When you go to work, when you go to school, when you go shopping, whatever, and you encounter that person that has no hope, you look at them, all you see is a person. God sees their heart. And they're looking for hope. And they're waiting for somebody to come and share with them that there is hope. Are you the one? Are you ready to be the one? God 
wants you to be the one. Are you ready to be that one today? What does it take on your part? It takes a commitment. It takes you telling God, I really want to do this. I really want to do this. I want you to show me someone that I can talk to. Is it difficult? No. Does it scare people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Now, fear is the only real tool that the devil has. And if he can scare you into not talking to somebody, he's going to do it. Trust me. That's his only tool, fear. God does away with those fears because it is so simplistic that when God directs you to that person, all you have to say to them is that I was once in that same position. I had no hope. And then someone came and talked to me and told me about Jesus and I told God, I know that I have sinned. I told God I am sorry for those sins. I asked God to forgive me of those sins. And I asked God to come and live in my heart, and he did. And he can do the same thing for you today. That's how simple it is to share what has happened in your life with someone else. It's not difficult. Do you have to be afraid of it? No. Why? Because complete love in God cast out all fears. Cast them out. When Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water to Jesus, he did fine as long as he was looking at Jesus. When he looked at the storm, <laughs> Lord help me, I'm sinking and dying. Well, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will overcome those fears. And Jesus said, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. I've overcome the world. You don't have to be afraid anymore. Now, again, this lady for 12 years had been suffering, totally abandoned by friends, relatives, the church, everybody forsook her. At all costs, they had to avoid her. She said, if I can just Come to Jesus. Just touch his garment. I'll be whole. The world today is looking for that opportunity to be made whole. So we're going to have the musicians come. We're going to sing a song. And what I'm going to ask you to do is while we're singing, that as you look in your own life, and if you realize that you have been allowing fear to stop you from sharing your story with somebody else, today, right now, ask God to help you overcome those fears, and he will. Today, right now, ask God to show you someone that he wants you to talk to, that he wants you to reach out to. Today, right now, Tell God, I realize that I need to start talking to people about you and help me so that I can do that.